You're listening to Halfway There, episode number 278, Latre Wilson and The Great Exchange. Let go of the trash and grab that good stuff. Well, hey, friends, welcome back to Halfway There. This is the show where we have honest conversations with ordinary Christians about today's Christian experience. And I am your host, Eric Evans. Thank you so much for being here. I am super grateful that you have downloaded, listened to this episode. I know you're going to be encouraged by it. I tell you what, I, I was just saying the holiest moment of my week is when I get to record episodes like the one you are about to hear. So thanks for being here. And I pray that as you listen, this will be a holy moment for you to hear someone else's story. Uh, if it does touch you, if you if you're like hear hear something in this that you're like, hey, I know a friend needs to hear this, just shoot them a text and uh, share it with them. If you go in the Overcast app, by the way, you can actually send and share little clips, so you can actually grab that section and send it off uh, to somebody, which is kind of a cool feature. I love that. Um, our guest today, she is an author and a podcaster. Our guest is Latre Wilson. Trey, welcome to Halfway There. Hi, Eric. How are you? <laughs> so Thank you for having me. I am excited to have you on the show and to get to know you. I know we, we know each other. And we've, we've talked a lot about podcasting, uh, but we're going to hear more of your spiritual journey. I'm excited about that. Yes, yes. I can't wait to tell my story on your show. <laughs> well, that'll be great. So um, obviously saying you're an author and a podcaster is like minuscule about you. So give me a little more about where, who you are and where God has you right at the moment. Oh, oh, where I'm going to start off where God has me at the moment. Okay. <laughs> where God has me at, at the moment is in a, a spiritual place of humbleness. If, if you understand that, sure. um, totally, um, being vulnerable to, um, what he wants me to do and, uh, overly uncomfortable, um, to, to where he wants me to go, but in his un uncomfortableness, um, he still makes me comfortable. So I am in a in an in-between stage right now with with me totally surrendering my life to Christ and um my first time in life like totally surrendering every aspect of my life to Christ so I'm right there and it is very uncomfortable because I don't <laughs> know like right? I don't know what's going to happen because he's God and um and so it's like now I'm like, okay, Lord, what do you want me to do? And he just says, sit right there. And so I'm, I'm in an uncomfortable part of my spiritual walk right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? Thank you for sharing that. And I love hearing that. Not that I love that you're uncomfortable, but I appreciate you sharing it because uh, I think it's normal. It's pretty common to be uncomfortable, but it's uncommon to talk about it and just share that. Uh, at least in our sort of Western evangelical Christianity. So I appreciate you sharing that. And I think we can maybe dive in. I'd love to hear more about what that looks like for you, but let's come back to it as we go, because I think we need to go back and probably hear more of your story and, and where you're from. So 
where did where did you grow up? Like I don't I know you're you're in Texas now, but did you grow up there? No, I am I'm originally from Oakland, California, the Bay oh, nice. Area. And um I moved, I relocated to um to Houston, Texas in 2019. I came to visit in 2017 with a friend. She said, Hey, come out and visit. And so I came out to visit and when I say when I got off the plane, the heat hit me because it's extremely hot and warm. <laughs> but for the first time, I could see the sky. And um, the sky in Texas is blue. And it's very beautiful. Um, <laughs> not saying that the sky in California is not beautiful, but I was able to finally see. And it was just a sense of calm and peace. And so I said, I asked her, I said, is it like this all the time? And she said, yeah. So I came back without her knowing that I came to visit and um, because I wanted to see for myself and I, I loved it. And uh, what is crazy, God will show you signs of where you need to be. And um, I would literally be driving back home in California on the freeway and a car would hop in front of me and um, it'd be Texas license, license plate. And I'm like, what in the world are you doing in California? And it was like, every time I get on a road, Texas, Texas. And I was like, I think this is a sign. Like, because I was in the middle of trying to move. I just didn't know where I wanted to move. and. Um, when I started getting even more confirmation that this was the place and this is where he wanted me to go, um, I said, I'll go. That was the first part of me be surrendering um, to yeah. his will and uh, listening to the voice of, of God saying, leave where you've been all your life and go into a foreign state. Yeah. <laughs> because... I didn't know. I didn't well, know. Well, that takes a bit of, um, you know, of trust to, to step out there and, and move to a place like Texas. So um, I'm fascinated by what you said about the, the whole thing of the sky. Was it just, is it like pollution or is it just different over there? It was just different. Huh. I could see the clouds, like the clouds were just puffier poofier i don't yeah. know how you explain a well, cloud but there is just... something i'll tell you what i grew up in des moines iowa and okay. the, again spent most of my life in the midwest and when i came out to colorado um i had so, something of a similar feeling so i can relate to that because the west there's just something like they talk about the big open sky there is something about that that is just a little bit different and i think texas qualifies as the west so um i get it so was your family growing up was it a christian family my family, Christian family, my dad, I, I, I'm an actual PK. I'm a okay. preacher's kid. And so I went to church um, Sunday to Sunday, um, <laughs> <laughs> Sunday to Sunday. Um, Monday, I think Monday was probably the day where I really didn't have to go to church or do anything. But Tuesday was Bible class or prayer meeting. Um, Wednesday night was either prayer meeting or some type of group. And Thursday, choir rehearsal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Friday, all of I had something to do every single day. And on um, if the kids wanted to play with us in my neighborhood on a Wednesday night, they had to come to a Bible class before we could go outside. And so, <laughs> wow, it'll be a group of kids at my house on Wednesday <laughs> night. <laughs> 
Were you uh, leading the Bible class? No, my okay. dad. My dad, dad was okay. my dad was leading leading the Bible class, and um, all the kids loved my dad and the way he explained and opened the Bible up to to people. Wow. And so, um, as I grew up, I I began to do some of those things in in church. And so, I did Sunday school, I did small groups, I did choir rehearsal choir director, usher board. I did everything in, inside the church. And so I am a true, true PK. Wow. Okay. So growing up a PK, so you probably always had faith or always kind of had kind of knew the Lord. Yes, I, I did. I, I, I made, it was, how can I say this? It was not normal for me not to be in church. And it was, if someone told me that they didn't go to church on Sunday, I looked at them kind of weird, like, what do you do? Like, what is it that you do? <laughs> what do you do with all that free time? Wow. Yeah. It's like, you don't go to church. What do you do? So, but it wasn't a, like a judgment. Yeah, yeah. It was, I wanted to know, well, what do you do on Sunday if you don't go to church? So I thought, <laughs> I thought everybody went to church on Sunday. <laughs> yeah. The answer to that is whatever they want. Right. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I really thought everybody went to church on Sunday because that's how I, I grew up. Gotcha. Everybody okay. around me. Well, so did you, and I'm just, I'm just kind of gauging by, you know, kind of what your, your experience was, but did you give your life to Christ at a certain point or was it always just you knew? I gave my life, I, I gave my life to the Lord at a young age. I remember going, I remember telling my dad that I wanted to be baptized and um but i didn't want to go up into the front of the church and sit down and they write my name down and say oh you're going to be um give your life to the christ give your life to christ i didn't want to do that i was very shy for some strange reason i don't know why and so i um went to my dad privately i said dad i think i'm ready to uh be baptized and he said okay well we'll go to the classes and you know you go through the the classes of being baptized and um I did. And I, and I was very um, anxious to do so. And so I, I got baptized at a very young age and church has always been instilled. So um, I did not steer away until I was about 18 because I was, I was literally tired of church. Okay. Well, that's, that's a good segue. So tell me about that. Like what you, when you say, all right, I'm, I'm leaving. What, what happened? When I left, it was, um, it wasn't an unfamiliar uh, place because it was surrounded. Now I could be around what I what I was told not to be around, and right. see. I, my my parents never sheltered me, so it wasn't like I didn't see any bad things happening. I just didn't go around. Now I'm going around being exposed to different um, different uh, elements of sin. I will say, okay. I will call it that different elements of sin. And um, I wasn't being judged. And and so it was like, oh, I'm not being judged. That All right, I can go. Nobody was holding me accountable for my actions or anything like that. Okay. So it was it. It was great. I was not did encouraging you, you guys. Did you do whatever you wanted on Sunday? You know, no, you, I still did not. I still got up every Sunday and went to church. 
I was teetering with uh with a lifestyle that you just can't teeter. Yeah. You, it's either black or white. Um, and so um I just went to I just did it. I go to church on Sunday, Sunday afternoon or Sunday evening, I was out hanging with friends. I, it was it was that. And yeah. um I I still never said I won't stop going to church. I just wasn't active in church. Now you could never say you can never take me away from church like saying, "Oh, I I'm not going to church." Now that felt uncomfortable not going to church that wasn't my norm and so when you said miss church it was like miss church i don't know if i can do that yeah i'll I'll hang out with you after church like (laughs) like i hang out with you after church so it wasn't like i i'm giving up church i just wasn't trying to do the christian thing i was tired yeah yeah well it sounds like i mean if you're going you know, from being a little kid to, to almost 20, going to church almost every day of the week. Like that's, that'll wear you out a little bit. Did. And I just wanted my life. Like I wanted to live life because everybody else was doing it around me. It's like, you having fun? Why? Well, I can't have fun. And, um, it, it will cost you well, a, a lot. Well, tell me about that. What did it cost you and where'd that take you? Oh, it took me down a road where I could have definitely been straight away if my foundation in Christ was not established at a young age. I will, I will say that. Okay. I, I, knew, I, I knew what I was doing was wrong, but I knew that I could be forgiven. And so it was like, I, don't, I didn't care. I, I didn't care. <laughs> but I knew that I couldn't go that far away, if you understand what what I'm saying. I couldn't yeah. go that far away. Well, so just to summarize that, it sounds like you the way you felt was you like you knew the truth, you knew the Lord, and you huh? knew that He would He He still loved you, but you also were like, Hey, I'm gonna test some boundaries here. Absolutely. Go out and and okay. I'm just gonna assume you're partying, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. It's all good. So, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> out there, which is okay. I mean, hey, we we all. We all I had listening. a I had a son at uh, 23, okay. 23, and I wanted my son, and so I did, I knew it was out of wedlock. I knew I wasn't married. I wanted my son, and I had my son. It was a consequence to my actions. Sure. Um, uh, and not following that, I had to sacrifice my life just to make sure that my son was taken care of, and my son was an easy gift to to care for. Um, inside my book, I think I wrote about him uh, being born premature, and um, being um, he saved my life. I will say that um, oh, wow. I had to grow up um, a little bit faster and i had to get back on the the right road that i was supposed to be on in the first place um i just had some deterrence um some deterrence but my son saved my life because i was out i was partying i was i didn't have any kids i wasn't at i think 1999 i was making maybe thirty thousand dollars that was a lot of money for it was 
at, at 20, 23, 24 years old. And yeah. so I was, that was, a, I was a lot of money. And so I was living, I was living very careless and, and carefree. And my son um, brought me back to reality to live the way that God wanted me to live. And it, he changed my life. I, I will give it to him too. Sure. Okay. So it sounds like it was, yeah. Okay. So you, you realize you're, you're having a baby and that kind of woke you up a little bit. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And, and change your trajectory because you wanted to do something different for him. Yep. He was, uh, he, I had to do, do things different for him. For one, he was a pretty much, he was a preemie. He was born at one pound, 11 ounces. Oh so just goodness. imagine your first child at 23 years old no. and um, you have a one pound, 11 ounce baby in the NIC unit and he dies on you at least four times. Oh my goodness. Yeah. 23 years old. And that right there was like, what am I doing? Like that was a reality check. I have someone that I have to live for. And so that means Everything that I used to do, I can't no longer do. And the people that, that I used to hang around with, I could no longer hang around with any longer because I had this, I had this gift that God get, gave me. And um, I saw God through my son work miracles, um, things that were not supposed to happen. And God said, let it be. And so um Without my son, I don't think my relationship with Christ would not be as strong as it is at, as it is today, like right now. It was at that moment. Yeah. So you, I mean, I can only imagine, I know how much I would be praying if my child was like that, right? Like, so did that kind of become a, like, it sounds like it became a turning point for you. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I, um, I say I, if it, if I didn't have my son, the time I had my son, I probably wouldn't have had any children and I probably wouldn't, I wouldn't be talking to you right now. Mm. That's how my, that's how my son saved my life and made me just think when God gives you a gift, he gives you a gift to care for and this gift needed me. And so if I'm out of line, that means my son is going to be out of line. I remember the doctor pulling me to a side and saying, I need you to care for yourself so your son can live. If, wow. if you do not rest and get your stuff together, your son is going to sense that and he's not going to live. Oh, wow. And I did just that. Well, oh, that's a wake up call. It was definitely a wake up call. Man. Okay. So take me from there. So what happened? What'd you do? After, after that, I, after I had my son, I enrolled back in school, ended up going back and took me a minute to get my AA. And after I got my AA, I ended up buying a house. Like everything started falling into place. My relationship with Christ got a little, got better, but it was still things that I was doing that um, I shouldn't have been doing, like getting into relationships that I knew 
were not healthy for me, but I still, I still got into it because there was one piece of me that was missing something and I wanted to fulfill that need. And that need was being um, looked at, being cared for, being, um, being loved. And I'm giving so much love to people and, and my son, no one is giving that to me. So I'm, I went out looking for that in the wrong type of people. Sure. And so um, that right there, um, that would stray me away. I don't, how can I say my, I would not miss church. I was still, I was still in church. I was just dealing with men who were, who did not have relationships with Christ. And you know how that goes. People who are yep. not, um, who do not have relationships with Christ do not understand the relationship you have with Christ and they will find any way to get you away from Christ. And so it was, it was that, it, okay, do you want me or do you want the relationship with Christ? And so as, at the end of the day, I always chose my relationship with Christ. And so um, after my last, I haven't been in relationship since 2018. So after my last relationship that was emotionally um, um, hurtful, and I just said, you know what? I really think God really needs me to uh, get my life together. And so that meant I had to get my mental health together and figure out why I was doing the things that I was doing, why I was repeating the same cycle over and over again in every aspect of my life. And it was just, I was not surrendering my life to Christ. Mm. And I, I wasn't in tune to what he was trying to get me to do. And I didn't figure it out until maybe December of 2018 when um, everybody else was having fun on New Year's Eve night. Your girl Trey was at home reading journals from years, 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 years. And that's how I came up with the book. I looked at the prayers that were not changing. So I recognized that I was in some type of um, cycle. And um, I began to ask around family-wise um, how my grandmother was. And so um, our, our stories mimicked one another. Like oh. it, it r really mimicked one another. And I was like, this is a... Um, this looks like a, like a generational curse because it's no way in the world that I didn't know that she had did any of these things that I done. And it just, they look just like one another. And I was like, this is a, this is a pattern. And I was like, I'm going to break it. And so I had begun begin to break it without knowing I was breaking it until now like now I knew or now I know I did break the generational curse I did break the cycle of e emotional abuse in relationships I broke I broke it and so just identifying it sitting down with myself being vulnerable and um, not being afraid of the emotions that are going yeah. to be tied 
of sitting down and actually um, processing all the things that you went through, um, that that got me to where I am. And that's how I was able to write my book. Fascinating. All right. So I'm really interested in that whole idea of, uh, as you call it, generational curse, but we can call it family patterns, whatever it is. But mm-hmm. it's like like we we do have these things that, that we repeat over and over again, and particularly mm-hmm. sometimes they're emotional, right? You know, it sounds yes. like you were looking for some, someone to care for you. Yep. And as the song goes, looking for love in all the wrong places, right? Like that's, that's, you're not the first person. Absolutely. We, we often do that, but, uh, but you also kind of knew that, Hey, this, there's something, something going on here. What led you to say, I'm not going out to party tonight. I'm on the new year's Eve. I'm going to read my journals. Like what, what made you do that? I, I, I wanted to figure out why my prayers sounded the same. Yeah. I, every prayer was identical from years. Like I, I literally have maybe five or six journals and they mimic one another, different people, same scenario but it it was just wrapped up differently. Well, give me an example of what that might've looked like. Um, so I will go with the relationships that I, I would get into. I would get into relationships with people who were uh, verbally abusive and emotionally abusive, never physical abusive. And um, I didn't, recognize the abuse that it was I didn't identify it I'm going to say that I didn't identify it as abuse because I didn't realize it was because I had grew I had grown up seeing it right and so I thought it was normal like this is normal behavior in in a relationship in fact, it wasn't. It was some type of emotional or verbal or verbal abuse or some type of manipulation. And if you don't pick up on those on those cues, you will you will just walk let a, let people run over you. Um, and and so I I thought because you were talking to me in a certain way that you loved me. I thought that if you said something a certain way, I thought that you loved me, you know, it, it was that. And it, it went, it goes further back. Now that I uncovered what I uncovered, I had to go back, get down to the root of it. And it, it went back into my childhood. In some place in my childhood, I was not nurtured in the way that mm. was healthy. And so because it wasn't healthy, or because I thought it was healthy, I began to pick people that would mimic the behaviors that I I got. And so I thought it was love because you were doing this. Yeah. And so um, that right there was probably the hardest thing that I had to accept that um, the behaviors that was being displayed was not healthy and it wasn't and it wasn't loving at all yeah and your acceptance of it 
made just made it perpetual, right? Yes. Okay. So this is the hardest thing, right? When you realize if you're, all your relationships end the same way, maybe it's not them as you. Right? Yes. Like, yes. Like oh and no. So, yes, and so that and that and so there. That's when I had to take accountability for what yeah. I allowed. Right. And and so because I I allowed it, I had to um. I had to figure out why I allowed it. I didn't love myself. Yeah. It went back to, I didn't love myself. And, um, well, I'm going to take it uh, even further. Well, if I didn't love myself, I didn't love God the way I should love God because, because wow. I'm not loving myself. And so, um, that right there, um, probably opened my eyes a little bit more. It's like, no, I do love God. I, no, no, God, I really do love you. And he's like, no, look at yourself. You can't tell me you love me and you don't love yourself. Okay, that's fascinating. And we have to dive into it a little bit because it makes sense. But I think so many people live with that kind of a live in those places where they don't care for themselves or they don't, in particular, I'm just going to, I'm going to rant for a second with Trey. Go ahead. I, like I just, um, in I, growing up in evangelicalism, the, the way I did, maybe it was different in Iowa than it was in, in California for you. But um, we talked all the time about how the self was bad. Don't be selfish. Don't be, you know, there's so much so, yes. so negative self-talk taught to us at church, yes. at home, at where, wherever. And, you know, I, I know that those people, at my church were good people. My parents were, were good people doing the best that they could, but that is pretty toxic itself. Right. It's so, it's so awful. And I, you know, we come, we lay this burden on people mm-hmm. and I makes me furious. It just makes me so angry because actually loving yourself, knowing your value is a godly thing. It's a scriptural thing. Absolutely. I, you know what? I totally agree with you on that. And I was, I'm glad you say, I'm glad you said that, that the church do not do enough of that Um, because it's true. Um, They, and I hate to say it, but I have to, they do more judging than, than, um, than saying, Hey, let's fix that behavior. Let's identify what that is. And how can we, how can we turn it around and, um, let it mimic Christ. How, how can we uh, straighten up your posture and align, align yourself with Christ? Right. Um, and I think the lack of um, immaturity in Christ and not like really, really diving into his word and God really is love. And if you have to, you have to realize he's a, a emotional person. Why wouldn't he want us to express the oh, emotions? But, Trey, like it, it blows me away every time I say something about God is love on Facebook, for instance. Mm-hmm. It gets the most resistance. Do you know what I mean? Like, Absolutely. and it blows me away because it's that literally is a quotation from First John. I think God mm-hmm. is love, and like I get it. It's just not to say that sin doesn't exist. You know, you've been very honest about where where you were going down that path. Mm-hmm. We all have those things. I have those things, but. It is to say that you're still loved, right? He still loves you. The sin is not un- overcomable, yes. right? It's yeah. It's actually already overcome. 
And mm-hmm. that's the good news of the gospel. And so anyway, all right, we, we don't have to like, I could just sit here and beat up on people. <laughs> I get it. And I, and, and it is, you, I'm thankful that you mentioned spiritual maturity because it is maturity. It is a matter of maturity. One other thing I have to say um, that I thought as you were talking is that Jesus didn't give himself away. He didn't sacrifice himself because he thought he was worthless, right? Same is true with even our, the some of the early church fathers who who also went to their martyrdoms, um, not because they thought they were valuable, but because they knew they were valuable to God, right? They, and so valuing yourself really does matter. Okay, that's thank, thank you for sharing that. I love the way that you did. What I want to know from you is, how did you begin, once you identify this, like this is a real issue that I have, how did mm-hmm. you address it? How did you start to go, okay, God, I'm going to invite you into this. Tell me who I am. Oh my God. You know what? I got into a small group at church um, and um, the title of the small group was um, Pure Desire Unraveled. And I was like, wow, this this is interesting. <laughs> this is very interesting and um the unraveled pure desire book was the eye opener to how my life was and how um how i had always been feeling inside of christ and it did not bash me it it did not shame me it did not um it did not say i was god wouldn't forgive me it made me uh, accountable for what i did and told me that i was going to be i was okay and everyone falls short and i was relating to a lot of the stories that was told inside of this um the, the book and because of the book it made me really like, look, wow, that means I can get closer to God. Because at one point in my, in my thinking, because of all the things that I had done, I, maybe I can't get that close to Christ. That was my, that was my thinking. And yeah. so um, the, the book was like, no, it, it, no, no, you're, 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 you're not going to be, we're not going to be ashamed for what we did. Hey, we did it and it's okay. And we just have to train our brain a little bit differently. And it takes a while because you've been doing this for so long. And so don't beat yourself up because you you fall short every day. Um it's it's like we have to go it's like Christianity is like AA. You know? Um like how can I explain it? Um you, you fall short every single day and you have to come to Christ um god i sin and it's like welcome to aa or some type of some type of treatment program and and the book didn't shame me i just i just wanted more yeah see that's the way i think jesus was right like yeah. he would people around him felt like they could be transparent and honest about who they who they were he didn't have to pretend to be somebody else and yes. he and he he may you know like he said go and say no more but he also saw the value right he saw the value and so it sounds like you found that in this book 
and yeah, yes. And it was like, okay, well, well, now that you identify, well, how about I walk a little closer with you or closer to you? Yeah. And and I think that's what it was. It was like, oh, I finally got your attention. Let's let's walk together. And ever since then, 2019, when I got the book and joined the group, that's where I really was like, wow, I can have a relationship in in Christ despite all the things that I've done, um, the sins that I, 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 I committed no longer exist in God's book, in God's eye. They, they're, they're, they're forgiven and I can move on. But I know I'm going to have some type of relapse because I was in, in a sinful nature for so long. And so I have to, I have to surround myself with people who are like-minded, who are walking the same route and call out to my friends and say, hey, hey, sis, I'm in one of my, I'm, I'm in a space right now. Can you pull me out? Yeah. And that's, I think that's the key part in having a relationship with Christ is you also have to have relationships with other like-minded people who will um, grab you when they see you falling or tap you on the shoulder and say, hey, sis, hey, bruh, that's not right. Let, let's fix it. Let's fix our, our posture. Let's fix our behavior. Um, how can I help you? It, it's not a judgment. And so I have those people now. Um, like I can text you, Eric, and say, hey, Eric, I got a it's question true. for you. <laughs> and I have, I have done this. And that's how I am right now um, with my relationship with Christ. It's like I, I'm intentionally reaching out to people who have serious relationships with Christ um, that will hold me accountable for my action and back it up with scripture, not just don't do that. They back it up in scripture and tell me why it's wrong and why, um, how I can change my, 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 my way of thinking and what I should look out for. And so just changing your, your surrounding, your environment, walking in Christ, you have to change who you are with. I'm sorry. It, it is, it's, I think it's crucial because you can be led astray. Yeah, absolutely. So it sounds like you found a great group there uh, who, yeah. who was able to to help you and the book helped you. So that's really, really valuable. And then, you know, you mentioned that you've written a book and I know you're working on starting a podcast. And so like, yeah. take us into some of that and what, what you're hoping to do with it. Well, as you know, I am in the process of writing i'm in the process of writing a, another book and this book is actually gonna gonna be like my feature of my podcast and so the podcast i want to I, I i don't know how what's the title i'm gonna name it I, i'm playing with it but um it has been a, a journey because i thought everything was over with but no it's like no i'm going to make i'm going to increase your faith by putting you through more things or uncovering even more and so um i have uncovered so many things about myself that i know other people are dealing with and it's not being said and uh, from a transparent place 
And, um, and so I'm working on the podcast. You'll be proud of me. I've actually did like two or three recordings already. Good. That's good. I just need to edit and, and do all of that. And so once I get to maybe seven, that's when I'll probably put it out. And, and so I'm, I'm allowing God to lead me and when he wants me to, um, to do it, but I did, did start recording. And so I do have two or three recordings already. So I am, I am soon to be a, a podcaster with a podcasting crew. <laughs> nice. Well, that's great. I love it. So what's the, what's your message going to be of your book and your podcast? Well, this one, the book is, is going to be on un, un, uncovering and um, it's called, un, I want to say it's going to be called uncovered and um, it is changing ashes for beauty. And mm. so um, I'm going to talk about the things that I have exchanged all the ugly things that I've exchanged for the beauty thing, the beautiful things in Christ. And so um, I'm going to write in that. And what else did you ask me? That's what I'm looking for. Yeah. What, like yeah. what, what, where are you trying to go with all that? So yeah, I'm trying I'm, to, I'm exchanging all of the, all the, all the gunky stuff that, that was in, in me. I'm changing it all for, for God's love, God's patience, God's uh, all of, all of the, the godly things. And so um I'm going to talk about anxiety, anxiety that I have. And I know some Christians do have anxiety and they like to ignore mental health. And so I'm here to speak upon that and um, identifying yourself in other people that can help you change your life into Christ. Like I am trying to build the kingdom. Um, like it's a person that I, I, I'm noticing, I see, I, I see a guy and I can see my flaws through him and I know I have to fix it in Christ. And that's how, that's how I'm looking at things now. It was like, if I see that in you, I, that must mean there's something lacking in me. And so I need to fix it in Christ. And so we're going to talk about that in my, on my podcast and how, how to exchange all those little bad things for uh, God's blessings and God's beautiful love. There you go. That sounds like good news to me. We're trying. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, Trey. Well, hey, thanks for sharing some of your story. I really do appreciate it. I, I've enjoyed getting to hear some of that. And uh, definitely God's had you on a journey of self-discovery. And I think that's a big part of it, you know, just discovering who you are and who he wants you to be. And so this next chapter, wherever that takes you with podcasting um, and, and writing is going to be an interesting one. It'll be fun. Oh, uh, I'm, I am looking forward to it. I am, I can't wait to do it. People keep asking me, are you going to do video? And I say, no, I'm, I'm only going to do podcasting. <laughs> I, I'm not ready for the video yet. <laughs> well, let me just tell you, it's okay. So in my opinion, now there are people who would tell you that you technically, you can have a video podcast, but in my opinion, podcasting is primarily audio and it's more intimate than video. You can do video and uh, it's okay, but it requires a certain amount of attention, whereas audio requires more imagination and you connect with people that way. So don't be afraid to do that. I'm, I, I think you're, don't minimize it. It's okay. Believe me, I, I, am, I am right where you are. Um, 
I, I really like listening to podcasts because I don't get to see your expressions. I get to, I get to visualize everything. Right. Um, I just got to listen to your words. So I, I, you say the words, I visualize it in the way that I want. Yep. And, and to be honest with you, so like I, I told you earlier, I spent 10 years in the call center. Mm-hmm. I actually listen better when I'm not looking on Zoom. So you, you wouldn't know this, but for much of most of my interviews, I often put my browser over front of my of the video you know because <laughs> I listen better that way. It's just how it is. But um, I love it. Well, Trey, where can people find you if they wanted to connect with you? Destined to be blessed is a website you can find me on. There you I'm go. on Instagram. Is that destined to be blessed.com? Yes, destined to be blessed. It's uh destined the number two, the letter B, blessed.com. That's where you, you can go. find me. That's where you can find me and my book. And that will lead you to all my platforms that I'm on. I love it, Dre. I'm looking forward to your show and let me know when it comes out because well, I'm sure you'll tell me, but well, we'll we'll get it out there and I'm happy to help. So Trey, thanks so much for sharing your story. Is there anything you want to leave us with? Um, I just want to be able to say um, thank you, Eric, and um, your listeners. Um, I appreciate you guys taking the time out to listen to me. And if you if you um, like what I said, just find me, look me up, and purchase the book. When I say um, read the book, you will probably um, you will probably find yourself inside the book and. Uh, I hear that a lot. I find myself in your book. And so you will definitely mm. find yourself. And I just want to help people break cycles and break genera- generational curses that they didn't know that they were in. And so um, that's what I bring. And that's what I want people to, um, to to get from it is breaking curses. So, yeah, find me. Super powerful. Thanks, Trey. Appreciate it. Thank you, Eric. Thank you.